ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive into classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the payoff. Oh, yeah, it's the payoff. Jeff, it's Tom. Here we are, buddy. Savage DDP. How the hell are you doing, my friend? It's me. It's me. It's DDP. I'm doing good, my friend. Like, good stuff. You know, I'm excited about this one, as always, but uh, I'm doing our, not too bad. You know, it's dealing with, uh, can we say it here? Can I say what's happening in the world? Is this the, uh, the coronavirus? Is that all right? I hope, I hope it's over by the uh, time that this airs, but I don't think it's going to be. Am I going to get squashed or, you know, for, uh, or, you know, blackballed for saying it on air? But so that, that, is, that is confirmed that that's a Vince rule that you cannot mention it, correct? That, and apparently being Roman Reigns is verboten too. Like, you know, cutting him out of certain videos and things like that, like, you know, and I just crazy. So he yeah. is a he is a fascinating man. Uh, As we like to say, like Vince gonna Vince. So yes. So let's let's get some business out of the way here. As always, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at payoff pod. That's at payoff pod. Jeff, you picked this match. So I did pick this match. Uh, yeah. Let, talk, talk about uh, how you came across this one, why you wanted to cover it. This was another one we had been saying that we were going to start uh, introducing some more WCW matches, kind of, uh, you know, some different people. We've just had a few matches with, uh, you know, some some returning people or, you know, people that were, uh, you know, a lot of big names because, yeah, they've been in big matches. And so that's why we've covered them. That's why we talk about them. But this is one that, um, while we've talked about Randy Savage, we have not spent a lot of time talking about uh, DDP, actually have never talked really about DDP. And so this is one that... That, um, we just kind of wanted to talk about. And it was one that there was a few, just like, you know, I did some homework and was kind of looking through some different matches and kind of, you know, what were some of the, the the top WCW matches. And while this wasn't like a top five, it wasn't on multiple lists, um, it was one that was on a lot of different lists. And so um, not necessarily at the top, but it was like kind of a – so it's just one that I, I'm kind of excited to cover because – you and I are learning. I think that the more we, the longer we're doing this, we're getting into some matches that you and I don't really remember. And so I think that that's kind of exciting for this one. And, um, you know, just kind of to check that out and see this. And so I, a lot of different reasons why I'm excited about this one. How about you? So if I remember correctly, and I'm sure you're going to cover this later, but this, this one feud of the year, correct? Uh, I don't know if it was feud of the year, but it was it was up there. It was up there, yeah. So what I what I like about that is that means that we probably have a really kick ass build to this. There's probably a uh, you know a lot of storyline stuff happening. So it's not just oh these two had a great match. Like okay, but what was the personal issue? Like what led to it? Like you know that's what I like about this one is that there was a really good build to this. Uh, DDP has often said that, you know, Savage put him on the map or, you know, really elevated his career through this feud, you know, really legitimized him. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped to cover this one. And again, you know, I, 
I didn't, I probably during this era, you know, this is certainly like smack dab in the Monday night uh, wars era. I definitely watched more WWF and WCW. And I mean, think about it. This is at a time where there's what, 24 or so pay-per-views on. Well, Mm -hmm. you're not ordering. I mean, most of us aren't ordering all 24 uh, I'm sure you're at the better part of a thousand bucks by the end of that. So that's a lot to spend on watching wrestling. Whereas, you know, now you're spending a couple hundred bucks if you ordered everything. So, you know, I, I, a lot of this stuff I didn't see, you know, maybe you'd catch highlights on nitro. You'd read about it in dirt sheets, but to watch some of these matches, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm pumped to get into this. Uh, Jeff, let's get right into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So here we are. We're at Great American Bash 97. Uh, You and I have talked about this. I I just, I love some of these old WCW names and themes. You know, there's not a lot that WCW did right during a lot of their years, but they came up with some pretty kick-ass pay-per-view names and then obviously had some really cool, uh, you know, entrances that went along with that. I even think about, uh, were you a big uh, WCW versus NWO N64 fan? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think about like, you know, them having all the pay-per-view sets and it was pretty cool coming out to all this stuff, man. I got to ask, you know, like if you went back and played that game right now, would you be like, yeah, this is fun. Or would you be like, this is so stupid. The graphics are terrible. And I can't believe that I actually would play this for hours. I played the hell out of it back then. Like yeah, nowadays, yeah, it's probably super dated, but I have not played like, I think I'm, I'm more of like a gamer than you are, but I have not played like the, the new w, or WWE games because I don't really, I, I can't get into them. Yeah. It, there's different. I don't like the simulation where it's realistic. I want like the kind of arcadey, you know, over the top, which is what those were, which they've kind of, you know, 2K has dropped the ball. So they're doing some new stuff with that. That's a different conversation. I think I would probably have more fun playing that than I would some of the more current stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously haven't played it in years, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm also curious, like what the games are like now, because I, I haven't in, in a long time. But yeah, that WCW NWO game. Oh, I mean, everybody played it. Yep. Well, and, and, and then, you know, you could do the four-way matches, right? So that was like the fun part was playing with like three other guys and you'd be, I mean, uh, that was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. so we're smack dab in the middle, Monday Night Wars. We're, we're, we're June 15th, 1997. So this actually took place, uh, interestingly enough, was a, a little earlier than I would have thought it did. So June 15th, 97, which I guess makes sense. Again, DDP's kind of getting his big break here. Uh, 9,600 fans. Uh, we're in Moline, Illinois. Okay. Uh, hot spot, hot spot for wrestling. Dude, they went to just some random places and, and Bischoff has talked about this on his podcast, but basically just said, yeah, we had some towns that we went to and we knew we would do well. Um, I have no idea where the hell Moline is, but they got 10,000 fans for a, for a wrestling show uh, and broadcast. It is, a pay-per-view. Uh, it, it is West of Chicago, way West. So okay. yeah, it's on the opposite side of the state pretty much. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Um, and then the tagline for this, uh, and I guess this was like when they were trying to sell pay-per-views, give him a nice warm hug on father's day. So I'm assuming this took place on father's it was, day. It was father's day. Yep. All right. 
We don't so, have a, it, it, speaking of like the sets, there's just not a whole lot of like these good taglines anymore either. Like WCW was did a really good job with those two over the years. So like, yeah, well, but this is a good one too. The challenge now is that they don't have to make it into an event like they did then. You know, right. you're trying to get thirty or forty bucks from someone. You're within a few weeks of a WWF pay per view, right? So, you know, you had to do the taglines and you had to, you know, really yep. build to something and the main events mattered. And, you know, now it's, yeah, let's defend, you know, eight of our titles and maybe we'll do a, you know, money in the bank or a, a hell in the cell or whatever. So, right. Um, yeah. So I'll run through the card for this one. Uh, interesting show. You're going to, you're going to see that some, some names were missing from this. Um, but Ultimo Dragon defeating Psychosis, uh, you know, your traditional cruiserweight kick off the show, fast moving. They went 14 minutes. I was always a big Ultimo Dragon fan. Ironically, um, especially in the video games. I don't, I don't know why, but I just, I thought he was awesome. So uh, I was, I, I liked Glacier cause he had the super kick, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good and point. that was in this match too, my kind of reading, it was like kind of the second best match on the card too. So when you're going through some of these other ones, keep in mind, it was until the main event here, it was really downhill. Yeah. And you're going to see, man, there, I, I don't, nothing jumps out the page to me. Um, and some of it was, seems pretty bad. So, uh, it doesn't surprise me that, that the review said that Harlem heat defeating the Steiner brothers, um, Conan defeating Hugh Morris by submission, uh, Glacier defeating wrath. I guess that was kind of the blow off to that feud. Um, Akira, Hokuto, your women's champion, defeated Medusa. That was a title versus career match for the WCW Women's Champion. Um, Jeff, I, I barely even remember the WCW Women's Championship. I forgot that it was even a thing until yeah. we kind of were looking at this. It was a long match, over 10 minutes, though. Benoit defeated Meng by submission in a death match. Do you know of any idea what the rules were for the death match? I don't. I, I will see if I, what I can find, but that one, uh, interesting for sure. I mean, that's a pretty uh, bold stipulation. Uh, you know, it's something you'd really have to try hard to deliver on. Uh, right. You know, I mean, at least when they do those, you know, over in Japan, it was like, you know, they were falling on light bulbs and lighting each other on fire and stuff. I can't imagine they were doing that um, in WCW. Yeah, Absolutely. Kevin Green defeating Steve McMichael. Oh, my God. This must have been terrible. And it went 10 minutes. That was uh, – I don't even think they ranked that one. I think that's how – or it got neg- – I think it may have actually gotten negative stars. Yeah. Oh, he's so clever with his negative stars. Right. Um, dude, this is my world's colliding. Now, Kevin Green was playing for the Carolina Panthers, but uh, had, had grown up as a Steeler, uh, which is my hometown team. So, it was – Pretty wild seeing your one of your favorite football players wrestling a match. Uh, yeah, our second to last match, the Outsiders, Hall and Nash, they're going to defeat Flair and Rowdy Piper to retain their WCW World Tag Team Champions. That would go 10 minutes. And then the reason we're here, Savage and Page, falls count anywhere. Man. <laughs> For 30 bucks, you really weren't getting a whole hell of a lot here, were you? This is one that I'm glad I did not spend the money on. Yeah. And it sold out. Yeah, I know, which is the crazy thing. 
Yeah. And what a, what an interesting show. Um, yeah, just not a whole lot happening. And, you know, on the pay-per-view poster for this one, it was all about this match. So this was, uh, I mean, this was centered around this, this falls count anywhere match. Um, but you know, you don't have a world title match on this show. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it was a little odd. I mean, hell, they didn't even have a cruiserweight championship match or a TV title match. Um, a lot of singles matches. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting. So, you know, that's all I have. I want to spend more time on the build for this one, because again, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, myself included, probably don't remember a lot of this. So I'm really curious what you came up with. Yeah, I've actually got a lot on this one, and I have to, like I've had to do in the past, the build here was extended far beyond into, or you know, far beyond this match into the aftermath as well, too. And so we had a lot that was going on kind of during this match, which you'll see or like in the lead-up to this match. And then the match itself, you'll see that there were some things in the kind of reviews that incorporated that, but then also there was a lot that happened after. So, again, this match, like we said, um, took place, it was June 19th. 1997, but we have to go back 1996 bash at the beach. Uh, that is one that took place pretty much a year before that July. You had the new new world order NWO formed. You had Hulk Hogan turning on pretty much everybody and joining the outsiders um, and having that it's being the, the start of the NWO. Um, after like they were kind of formed their their kind of main target was Randy Savage. Um, he was the best way to put it was that he was the 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 leader of the WCW and kind of going against NWO. And of course, everyone knows the history that those two had. But um, you know, Savage Hogan they would have a little bit of a back and forth there, kind of things happening. And so um, that's where you know Savage kind of started at least being in a big part of the picture with this. So you got Halloween Havoc of that year, 1996. You had Savage actually finally facing Hogan. It was for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. He lost, though, because the Giant interfered in that match. Um, There's some behind-the-scenes stuff with this one, though. Um, Savage actually left the company for a little while. You know, behind-the-scenes stuff, wasn't happy with booking. You know, you – yeah, we've all heard the stories. And so um, left for a little bit, wasn't gone for that long though. So he actually returned. It was January, 1997. It was episode of Nitro where of course real life playing into the storyline um, as we're, you know, so used to do. And you and I even joke, if like something happens in the real world, the shoot world that or you know, the work world that, you know, you and I always joke, it's only a matter of time before, you know, it becomes a storyline. And sure enough, playing into this that, um, you know, Savage saying that he had been blackballed um, and, you know, kind of wasn't happy with what was happening. And so having that, so um, Sting actually got involved with this. When Savage first came back, he kind of had a little bit of back and forth with Sting and things like that. And the two were really, they, they kind of took the free agents approach, uh, a little bit of Heath Slater and this one where uh, they weren't really NWO. Uh, they weren't really, you know, WCW, they were just kind of there. But of course, Eric Bischoff, now a part of NWO, saying that like his WC Savage's WCW career was over. They only return as if it was as a member of the NWO. And so 
kind of keeping this build going here, a lot of different people involved in it. You had Sting and Savage who were kind of working together up till this point. Um, Savage kind of turning, leaving Sting, uh, joining the NWO. He actually helped Hulk Hogan uh, beat Roddy Roddy Piper. That was Super Bowl 1997 or Super Bowl 7, 1997. Um, and so just, you know, kind of one of those, it's, it, you know, that typical turns, typical kind of storyline kind of, you know, going over this whole time. Um, interesting piece of this too, that he had not really been with Elizabeth this whole time. Um, you know, a different story for a different time at that one, but um, she was actually a part of the NWO for quite a while, um, had joined after Savage left. And so now the two of them reunited as part of WCW Elizabeth being important to this story as well too a little bit here so now a member of NWO both of them you have Savage who begins feuding with Diamond Dallas Page and at the time who was his uh well we didn't know this but Kimberly um and it started when you actually had well a few different things here of one Keep in mind, kayfabe, all that different stuff. We did not know that DDP and Kimberly were actually married in real life. The feud itself and kind of the build on this one, it lasted from when it started to kind of through this event. It was close to about eight, nine months. And so wow. it was actually a very long program between these guys, which you know, I, I, didn't, I don't remember that. I don't know about you, but I don't I like that had escaped me. I had heard that, but I didn't realize it was that long. When I started digging into it and realizing just how much the like interaction that these guys had, like it made, I guess it made sense. Cause I remember them having matches, but I just didn't remember just how much these two had kind of gotten into it. So do you, there was the Lord of the ring tournament. Of course, this was Slamboree 1996. So, so we're going back in time a little bit here. You had DDP victorious when he defeated the barbarian. Um, the winner of that one uh, was then the number one contender for the world title, who at the time was the giant. Um, Page though did not get his title shot because of course there were shenanigans. It was an over the top. It was shown that Page's foot hit the floor, which by WWE standards, everyone would be eliminated immediately with the nonsense that we see nowadays. And so um, the match never happened. There was that kind of little back and forth. So DDP actually had a, a feud with um, Eddie Guerrero for a little while. I didn't remember that one too. And so there was a little bit of back and forth between them as well. Um, and it was interesting. And so the two of them were feuding and then the NWO, this is when they were kind of just forming Hall and Nash who were actually partnered with page a little bit before this. And they had been working together before everything happening. They actually were helping DDP to win certain matches, kind of distracting, um, and that actually like helped him win the United States Heavyweight Championship. And so uh, it was a vacant um, title, you know, tournament, of course, got to love a tournament, all that happening. So, but Hall and Nash did not feel like, you know, the kind of storyline and why they kind of turned on him was they didn't feel like, well, DDP didn't win the title. It was actually Guerrero. 
They didn't respect the fact that DDP wasn't living up to his end of the bargain. It was just a whole lot of back and forth between Hall and Nash not being happy, which is why actually Guerrero, I had it wrong there, Guerrero actually won um, that title. It was actually Starcade 1996. So kind of getting ahead of this one, you know, to to jump ahead a little bit on this and kind of what's happening and what's going on, um, that you had the then Macho Man uh, W or NWO aligned going against DDP. This was DDP still a little bit of the backlash, um, you know, coming from him from kind of not respecting Holland Nash, the outsider. You had the uh, famous, I'm sure you remember, this is the kind of iconic image that I remember, but the spray paying of NWO on DDP's back. Yep. That was actually part of the lead up to this was just when this happened. Um, and so where you get to the Elizabeth and the Kimberly parts of this was actually March 1997. And again, I remember it was uh, June 1997. So just a little bit before this happened, happened um it was actually uh, savage and missilibus it was you know that we now know that it was a work shoot but revealed that page and kimberly were married which became like the the, the you know they were all having a back and forth it was just a and weird so when page and his wife got involved in a storyline it didn't it didn't lead to divorce did it uh, not on this time, no. Well, I don't know actually because they're not married anymore. So correct. That's it. It's the curse of never, ever, ever allow your. That's why I was like Rusev, dude. Do not, do not get into a storyline with her. Keep her. <laughs> and that was. And I just finished watching the Benoit stuff. I did not realize, or the Benoit, you know, dark side of the ring. I did not yeah. realize that she was married to the promoter who literally booked her. <laughs> to be in a storyline with Chris Benoit, which yeah, just uh, that piece of it had always escaped me, which is kind of crazy. And so, oh, yeah. um, but because he revealed that, you know, that they were actually married, the two you know, had a little bit of back and forth. You actually had pages first pay-per-view main event. It was spring stampede of that year. Um, the two of them, this was really their kind of first big major match. Um, it was a no DQ match, which page was actually victorious in that one. Um, it was just a little bit later though, which again, this just kind of continued feud that started with, you know, the NWO and WCW and page not aligning and respecting NWO and all this other stuff. Um, the two of them had this match at great American bash and all of that feud kind of playing into it and so um i wonder some of the the you know the backstage politics of course you know that we now know about like you know if page you know if he had joined where he might have gone i always remember him as not being that nwo guy you know so that was a part of this and so um really we're just getting into the build on this one when we get this match yeah, this is uh man, lot a lot happening there and yeah, long long feud for sure. Um I I looked it up, it is confirmed it was the uh PW Insider uh or, I'm sorry, PW Illustrated uh feud of the year in 1997. So yes. yep. people love this man and it like I said it made page. So we'll talk more about that, but really good stuff um as always. So let's jump into uh the payoff here. We're at the two hour and 30 minute mark of Great American Bash 1997. Again, that's the two hour and 30 minute mark. DDP is about to come out. Um, Great American Bash 1997. Jeff, are you ready? I'm ready, man. Let's do this. I said, are you ready? 
I am ready. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, it's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right, dude, here we are. The, uh, I, I, the NWO Savage music, he does like an oh, oh yeah in there. Um, did you like all these guys coming out to the NWO music, or do you think that by the end of a WCW show, you would have heard it like eight times and were kind of sick of it? I was fine with it. I think that this is one where um, I, I don't think it distinguished any of them, but it really didn't need to either. And so just kind of crazy, but I think it was fine. Yeah. So there's Kimberly. Yeah, I mean, I believe this. I, I was, wouldn't. I wouldn't put her in my top five valets of all time. <laughs> I agreed. I don't. I believe this was pre uh, Nitro Girls days too. But if you remember, uh, she was a member of the Nitro Girls, um, and so you have DDP sneaking. Uh, where Kimberly came out from the stage, which again a great setup there uh, with the flag and all that good stuff. DDP coming out of the crowd to beat up Savage, who is already in the ring. So here's a question for you. DDP has his ribs taped, okay, obviously selling an injury. Oh, went yes. for the, tell if the diamond cutter didn't get it. So, hey, so if you had like fractured ribs or broken ribs, would wrapping a uh, medical tape around it matter? Uh, I am not a medical doctor, just like you, but I would believe no. Um, and that is, you are correct. I was going to get into it a little bit later, but that's right. He has, is selling some previous injuries from the NWO attacks and things like that, which is why he is taped up. So, yeah, I mean, oh, um, I got a crack rib. Let me, let me take uh, some athletic tape and wrap it around my stomach a few times. Uh, hey, I, I wasn't expecting a dive outside the ring by DDP. That was a pleasant surprise. And uh, we have to know, too, you have both Elizabeth and Kimberly at ringside. and so, Both men brought their ex-wives with them? Yes. And so this well, is current, actually – Current wife, current, you know, DDP, that was his current wife. Um, and so – and this is one, too, where uh, this was, uh, I say, pre uh, – it, it was the Nitro Girls, but it really uh, – their storyline involvement it came a little bit here. That's a the, – the story of the Nitro Girls we can save for another day. So – um, kind of, a, I say a quick match already. Like these guys are kind of, you know, DDP really kind of throwing, uh, throwing some big clotheslines there, um, which is kind of good to see. Well, Kimberly, what she led the Nitro Girls, right? Or she was, I don't, was it her idea? Or she put it together? Or she led them? Uh, and that, yeah, she was, th she helped form them. Okay. Um, and so it was, I'm kind of reading real quick. It was kind of 97 or 99. Um, I kind of looking at some kind of quick info and kind of what was happening and things like that. Um, yes, it was like commercials and then they do the dance on, uh, you know, when I remember still doing the, or them still doing the dances and things like that, like just, yeah, it was a different time in wrestling. That's for sure. I mean, DDP, uh, quite the high flyer this, uh, this evening. Which uh, breaking out from the uh, Nitro, you had Stacy Keebler too, was one of the uh, uh, names. If you go, a couple different ones, but yeah. Oh, and Shawn Michaels' wife? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. I forgot about that. So a lot her. of different names that came through there over the year, but yeah. Yeah. 
So we're now in the crowd, um, which interesting kind of um, this one too, which we've talked about that over the rail next spot before. I think it's just such a great spot that we you can't really see anymore. I still like cringe when I see it. I mean, I think it's a great spot. And so this is one, they are now going deeper into the crowd. And that is, I always, like, I never, I will never to this day understand how going into the crowd works sometimes because fans just have the respect to not, well, most fans have the respect to not get involved with the match when they're walking through the crowd. Um, it's really surprising how well it goes sometimes. You wouldn't think that, but here we are. So. So they are now, boy, they're really going into the back at this point. We're, I believe we're heading toward the, con- we're in the concourse now. I mean, I, like to, to me, like not that you want one of these on every show, but man, when they're, when, when they happen, they're just fun to watch. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, um, so this is one too, I, I, I'll say, you know, where, where were you in regards to the, um, like just your overall feelings on the NWO. I think now that we've got the ability of hindsight, like was it, you know, we know the behind the scenes stuff, like just what are, what are your thoughts on, was it a good idea? How would you, how could it have been like booked a little differently? Anything. Yeah, like that? So, so here's the deal. I mean, when Hogan turned heel, it was probably one of the three to five most shocking things that I've ever seen as a fan. Right. I mean, it's up there with, you know, Lesnar beating The Undertaker and, and maybe a couple other things of just, oh my God, are you kidding me? Fully being thrown off the cage, right? Like there's just a handful of times a wrestling fan that was like, I, I was just in shock, right? So the, the beginning of the NWO, you know, before that three-on-three match, immediately following that, and then when they did some of those jumps when it's like, wait, is that Ted DiBiase? wait, is that X-Pac? Wait, you know, and like all the, like the, you know, the guys jumping, like the, the joining, but man, it's like, it felt like after not that long, it got really stale. I mean, they put way too many guys in, then you had the Wolfpack black and white one. I mean, I, I just felt like it came, it conquered, it was amazing. And then it quickly fizzled out. So just disappointing, man. What about you? I do remember there were there were periods near the end there, or not even near the end, where just uh, there were more I say wrestlers in NWO than there was in I say quote WCW, like just ridiculous, like how many people they'd have fifteen people in the ring and they were all NWO, like yeah. And so, uh, and that's something you see every day here too. You've got Macho Man grabbing the chalk bag um, in his hand now with the the handful of chalk, throwing it in DDP's face and blinding him. Just something you don't see every day. I would assume they just close their eyes when it gets hit there. It's got to still burn like hell with the sweat and just everything. That's a good it's, point, right? If some of it sticks on you new, but your eye back up and it's still burning out your eyes. But, it, but that's, I feel they have the inhuman ability to like seal, like, you know, cut wounds and things like that, you know, in a, in a inhuman pace. And so, um, you know, who knows some of them. And it's one of those, like, yeah, you can't practice for it. You just got to, do it and hope for the best. But, you know, they, they still guys, they still got a few more minutes here. Um, it could be quite a, a while here. It, it can't be fun. That's for sure. So do you know, those guys, those guys, in the front row, they're all wearing sting shirts. 
Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. You know the only problem? Huh. He wasn't on the show. Yeah, that, that that's a big one, yeah. And that, yeah, that'd be uh, tough. That, 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 would, that would suck. And that's too. And, and you and I, I think we going to some shows and uh, we would, you know, hope, you know, hoping to see certain people. Like when I went to my AEW show, I was lucky enough to, to get a, a, like a Kenny Omega match and, you know, be able to say I've seen him live now is just something special. And yeah, going back to what the card was other than, I mean, you did have like outsiders, Ric Flair and Piper, but you didn't have Hogan. You, you, you just didn't have some of the big names at the time here, you know, and, and we'll get into that in the reviews and things like that, that this, the overall, this card is uh, no bueno. And so our right, ref bump, there we go. So uh, one, you know, after Savage trying to pull some of that you know, very important tape, as we've talked about uh, Savage hitting the ref and then is this going to be a pile driver. Wow. Giving the referee if one. Uh yeah, a solid pile driver who the referee now dead. And so his shirt off and everything. It was great. Yeah. And so uh, but Dean, they're all on they're all on their feet, man. They're into this match. And so that is yeah, and so um DP trying to come back here. It's just interesting how you know, kind of playing out and and, and things like that. Um and so we still have the ref down, but DDP kind of fighting it off. Uh, I know too, you used to ask me to uh, the quarantine. I have not done my DDP yoga in a while. So uh, I'm a little behind. Sorry. DDP so hold on. Let me, let me get this straight. So the quarantine is the reason you're blaming not being able to do your at home workout. Yeah, pretty much. I'm doing other ones. I'm not doing that one. So um, I'm trying some different stuff out to kind of, you know, so many of those free apps and things like that. But what, like, I, I will to say, oh, we have a new ref, another new ref, ref bump. Uh, once again, this ref getting tossed to the outside, taking a bump. Um, <laughs> the one in the ring's dead. Yeah, he's still dead. And so, um, yeah, trying some different things out. But I will say, like, doing it and going through a couple of weeks of it, it actually, like, uh, he's saving lives. I get it. Like, it, like it is good stuff and kind of, you know, I'm not a huge yoga person. But, hey, doing a DDP, trying to push the ref out of the ring now. Like, get the hell out of my way. Um, big clothesline. Man, so I was curious. Oh, it landed right on him, too. It was great. Yeah, it so, yeah, I was curious about Savage because, you know, we've been watching some of his matches, but keep in mind it was also five, six, eight years prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is just a different time for Savage, kind of going after uh, Kimberly now at this one. Oh, another ref now. Um, this was a big thing with his match. Another ref kind of trying to stop. The third Savage. ref stopping Randy Savage from punching DDP's wife in the face. He's threatening with the fist. We were living in a different time in 1997, weren't we, Jeff? You know it's coming, though. You just know it's coming. Um, he's, he's Savage now contemplating what to do with this, the third referee that we now have to deal with. Um, it's interesting how sometimes the referees are all sitting right there ready to come out, and other times they're nowhere to be found. You just never know. Like, it just depends it, on when they're in the card and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we're now kind of working, I say, up the ramp. Uh, they're now closer to the stage, uh, or, you know, the entrance stage. Uh, DDP had crawled up there. Um, 
What the hell's going on back there? Is that another ring? This is weird. No, it's not a ring. It's like a little like private party. Like they must have won a contest or something. And so we are now, uh, yeah, that is. So this is one. Oh, it's like the picnic American bash. Maybe this is the American bash. So we have a. Um, it's the again, great. It's the great American bash. You and I Ooh. prove. You what and I proving uh, it was like a salt glass plate. Um, Jeez. So proving that Tom and I don't watch all of these matches ahead of time. Obviously not expecting this. No, um, it's great. Is that Dean's plant, Mitch? Just DDP using a plant that was on. So it's probably about the size of a ring, uh, about ha- but like half the height. Uh, set up with like picnic tables. Oh. That's good work. Yeah. Wow. Through through a picnic table. Um, so this got in, like, you know, not expecting this. And so we have a, now, uh, I'm sure that's against the fire code, but a unlit grill. Ooh. Oh, there was, there was coal dust in the unused grill though. Yeah, which, and, the, and, the, and the grill came off and hit him in the head too. This is, I was not expecting this. This guy, like I said, and this is why I picked this one. Cause I knew it was going to, I, I knew that it was a little crazy. I did not expect that. That was not something I read ahead of time, which I'm glad I did not know that that was going to happen. And so, um, while I pull some of the reviews, I do not pull all the, the, I try not to read the details and this is one I did not. And so, um, and they've been all over the arena. Now, this is one where that we've been in the crowd and almost in the concourse. We're now up at the top of the ramp. Um, again, that stage setup, like you and I had talked about, like just, I guess just a cool setup that they have right there. Um, and GDP running them back to the ring. Now that referee still dead. Like there he is shirt all untucked, all open. It's a hell of a pile driver. Yeah. He took a shot like that. Good for him. What are your thoughts on a DDP overall? Do you remember just was he uh, a WCW yeah. star that you watched? Yeah, or? Never, never did anything for me. I mean, uh, I, I I like him as a person. I mean, obviously, really cool guy. You know, love that he started a successful yoga business. You know, he seems like people really like him. He's energetic as hell. Um, nothing against him personally. I just as a, as a wrestler, he just never. I don't. Know, I just never really gravitated towards him. What about you? I, I just never remember him getting to the pinnacle. Like I just always remember him being, well, he's definitely not a mid Carter. And so, you know, definitely not a mid Carter. I feel like he just, that was where he kind of was always at though, because of the people that were in charge of everything. So giving the diamond cutter signal, but then Savage uh, kind of fighting him off the big bump there that you would, as you and I know the physics of that move would have taken DDP out of the ring, which is exactly what it did. Uh, we're still on ref. Uh, that is ref number three. Uh, we are three. St- That's three yeah, right we're, now. We're still it. at three at this point. On the classic, something that we uh, don't see a whole lot of anymore, but used to see all the time, the pulling back of the mats uh, on the floor, um, trying to set up DDP uh, for something here. We don't know what. Is he going to give him a pile driver as well too? Oh, the ref just getting involved, and there he goes. Ref number three down, trying to stop the uh, (laughs) the pile driver from occurring. Oh no. And now we have a cameraman as well too. So we're now through three refs and a cameraman being attacked. Um, Oh, just shattered this guy's camera. Just the absolute heel Randy Savage, but where's CDP going? He's just kind of like walking around over there. I mean, I don't think. Oh, 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 chair shot there. We did not expect uh, I mean, like that photographer. I don't think he was like a trained wrestler. I mean, he looked What's like the crowd doing right now. Athletic. I see arms in the air. They're, they're, all, see him go- yeah, they're all standing oh, up. Yeah, they're all over the couch. 
He's unconscious. There is no referee in Paige Hannah. The great Rain fucking commentary there. Uh, yeah. Giving them signal for the diamond cutter. I did really like the diamond cutter. Oh, low blow. Uh, I, diamond cutter was one of my favorites. It's like an RKO, but uh, yeah, but he was doing it first. Yep. Was he the first guy to do that finisher? That was a that's a good question. I don't know a whole lot about the the. I could see maybe. Oh, oh, reversed oh. it into a diamond cutter. The fans going crazy. <laughs> But you have again no ref. But it took something out of DDP as well. Of course, such a hard men down. Yep, both men down. No ref to count it. Here we go. Fans calling for the ref. Uh, Is this a new ref? Oh no, Scott Hall. So the ref that got back in the ring, oh, just terrible. I love Hall wearing his uh, tag team title down to the ring. Gonna hit DDP with it. Nope, missed. And this is Scott Hall and it's just prime right I know, here. It just, just looks great, right, man? Yep. It just, oh, taking the knee drop there and just getting, again, calling for a diamond cutter. But now Savage, oh, my gosh. Like, like I said, I, I knew there were shenanigans in this match. I did not realize just how many of them. So we, we have gone off the rails at this point with now Scott Hall attacking DDP. Oh, the razor's edge going for it. Oh, jeez! Got him with the razor's edge again. Ref, look at all the just like garbage in the ring too. These guys. Oh yeah, that wasn't from the fans. Yeah, got security down there. Bunch of cameramen. Oh, what's he again attacking the referee? Oh, he's going for the elbow drop though. So DDP laid out Savage going for the elbow drop. Here you go. But no, again, no referee. Fans are not happy. We're out of time. Yeah, I think they're just sending it off. And immediately off the air. Wow. <laughs> is is the main event. So so we got a lot to talk about in the aftermath. So uh Ty, let's get into that and send us off for that. All right, it's time for the aftermath. Oh it's time for the aftermath. All right, dude. Gut reaction. What'd you think on that one? That was uh it went some places I didn't expect it to. Um, but I, you know, just a lot of different shenanigans. And like I said, well, I, I thought it was, it was not a bad match and I will kind of share our scores in a little bit here. Um, I, I, I had, I had fun watching it. And so, um, because it just, there were some crazy things happening and, uh, in relation to the story, it, it makes sense, which we'll talk about, but how about you? What'd you think? It was okay. Um, good brawl. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great though. And I gotta tell you, man, like, you know, I, look, I get, I get there needing to be some cheating to put the heel over because we want to continue this feud or whatever. But I guess what I, I don't know, it's just a really poor booking. And you know, you've I've heard Eric Bischoff say that on his podcast, but 
and, and I, I guess he said that a lot. He said, what I'm about to say, he said a lot. And I, I guess that really hammers at home what I just watched. But he's like, yeah, we just never had good finishes. Like our matches yeah. – and, and I, you watch that and you're like, yeah, pretty good match, really good rivalry, fans are into it, and the finish sucked. It just never got it, – it, yeah, they didn't stick the landing. Yeah, Yeah, no, no problem. No problem putting Savage over. But, I mean, right. Liz could have cheated. Savage could have cheated a different way. We were on our fifth referee. I mean, you know, you didn't need to interfere Scott Hall. And then if you were going to bring Scott Hall in, why did he wait until the very end of the match? He could have – no holds barred. They could have beat him up during the match. Just it didn't work. So – um, yeah, absolutely. So we, so, we so, so this wasn't this wasn't the blow off to this feud. Then I'm assuming. No, we actually had a lot of things happening. So at this point, they were kind of one in one with their matches. So of course, you had you know Savage defeating Page, who was then helped from who was at the time the tag champ. Like we said, the belt getting involved, Scott Hall. There's actually Bash at the Beach. Uh, just a couple weeks later, though, um, you had Scott Hall and Randy Savage teaming up after this one. They were taking on DDP and Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning won. It was one that actually DDP recruited from WWE um, to come over to WCW. It was kind of the, the research that I was kind of looking at. He was instrumental in that. But, um, you know, DDP – or excuse me, Kurt Henning actually turning on DDP at this Bash at the Beach match. And so um, you had him in a tag team at this point. So then – you had, again, it was fall brawl of that year, Paige teaming with Lex Luger, where the two of them beating Scott Hall and Randy Savage. It was a no DQ match. So it had some interesting things here. So kind of a, a weird little piece to this too, is you had uh, Paige when he was dress up and, and I did not remember this, but dressing up as the masked wrestler, La Parca, um, he actually, La Parca beat Savage on a, a Monday Nitro episode. Um, but it was also at the same time where Paige was kind of feuding with Hollywood Hogan. Hogan, who of course was the NWO leader. And so, um, or, you know, head of it, whatever you want to call it. So, um, the, the two of them though, they had their last match, if you will, kind of in this feud, uh, it was settled at Halloween havoc, 1997. Uh, this was of course the same night as the, uh, fabled, uh, Ray Mysterio versus Eddie match. Oh yeah. Uh, this match though, uh, bill, that was a Las Vegas sudden death match. Um, just to clear that up what you know we have chicago street fight you got you know las vegas sudden death this is just a a last man standing count or at least yeah last man standing for a 10 count um and so not you know this is what they name it that's what it was and so um it kind of interesting how this was playing out though because you had savage who actually pinned page who after hogan who was dressed as sting again just getting weird here uh came out he hit ddp with the baseball bat of course page still taped up as always in this one uh which resulted in savage winning or picking up the win so overall savage i think got the better of him if you're kind of just going by the record here um but you know they they wrestled for another couple of months like all the way up to this halloween havoc october so um you know a few months after this you know this the feuds kind of going back and forth and so um 
again, though, like just kind of how this played out and kind of the storylines post all of this. Um, after you actually page taking on Hogan, but just kept getting beaten down by the NWO. It's one of those where the NWO keeping everybody down. Um, but of course, it was actually Starcade 1997, uh, one that we have to talk about. This was December 28th, so it was the end of the year. You actually have Page winning the United States Championship from Kurt Henning, so nice way to kind of cap off the year for him. But you know, later though, 1998, we can't. I, I mean, we will talk about it at a later time. But of course, we can't not talk about Page eventually tagging uh, the famous match, as you and I know, uh, DDP and Carl Malone uh, against Hulk Hogan and uh, Dennis Rodman at Bash, Bash at the Beach the following year. And, so, and, and all of a sudden, back in the news because of uh, Rodman's 30 for 30 and then the Michael Jordan one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so just kind of funny how that played out. And so um, this was one, though, uh, interesting. So the kind of the last piece of this piece of the story that I'll share, there was actually um, – Page actually won the war games event that they used to do all the time. And it's a, you know, I'm a fan of that one, but he actually got a shot against Goldberg who was still undefeated Halloween havoc, 1998. Yep. Goldberg DDP Halloween havoc, 1998 match. Yes. DDP lost that one. This was actually voted though. WCW's magazine match of the year for 1998. Um, the bar was pretty high that year though, because the overall PWI match of the year was of course, 1998, the hell in a cell undertaker versus mankind. Um, and so a very interesting dichotomy there between, uh, what the WWF was doing versus what, uh, WCW was doing. And like you said, finishes and, you know, it just kind of craziness happening. And so, um, yeah, and so and Savage was out, and kind of injuries, and kind of just kind of you know in the story, but not a ton happening. And so, um, lots of good stuff though. Just kind of you know, fun, I guess. You know, just typical playing out where this match kind of where it fell was really in the middle of a lot of other things, but still interesting how it played out. So, you got any thoughts, Tom, on any of that? No, but you know, just the one thing, like you said, in terms of match of the year, is you know, WCW just didn't have a lot of good wrestling during this era. They sold a lot of pay-per-views. The product was insanely hot, but the, the wrestling was not that great. I mean, some of it's just by nature of having some older, bigger guys at the top of the card, but you know, outside of the cruiserweights, I mean, you, there's a lot of shitty matches on these shows. And then the main events usually were not great wrestling at all. And, and some of them were, you know, just colossal train wrecks like uh, Hogan and Warrior doing their, uh, their match. Yeah, absolutely. So, so getting into some well, of the well, here. just because, just because like, you know, the air, I mean, you know, they were all, it almost like flipped, right? Because like WCW NWA back in like the nineties and, and early, you know, early nineties, it's great wrestling on top, yeah. you know, guys like flair and um, steamboat. I mean, great wrestling. And then it just kind of fell by the wayside. And I think that WWF actually, you know, started to put together better wrestling, especially in the main events. So, yeah, no. And this is one. So 
a few things here. So like you said, um, I, I, I've been adding it to our shows lately, but these guys, 1997, DDP was actually number four on the PWI, which I thought was pretty high. Like I was, I was you know, surprised by that. Um, and then Savage, though, number 19. The match of the year, 1997, according to them, though, and this was on, didn't surprise me when I read it. It was, of course, the WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, uh, and then no DQ submission match where you had Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee which is just a great one and so um and you had said it it like was this the feud of the year 1997 yes it absolutely was but i thought it was interesting because they won the feud of the year bret hart and stone cold had the match of the year bret hart and stone cold were actually the set a runner up for match or feud of the year excuse me and so i thought that was just interesting how you know one 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 of the match, one one feud of the year. So I don't know if that was how they did it. You know, they give a little bit of respect to both, but who knows? So, um, so a couple of different write ups here. I thought it was kind of interesting, and I'll just kind of read a a couple, you know, a couple different things of how this played out. So one of the kind of beat writers that I was, uh, you know following up and kind of seeing what was here was uh, Dallas page was terrific in the main event and Savage had his working boots on as well. They did some interesting work with foreign objects and maintained a feverish, feverish intensity for the entire bout. I was thankful not to see Hogan or Bischoff or sting show up spoiling the work of the two men too often in wrestling. The spotlight is taken away from those who deserve it. Did tonight he miss they, the ending with Scott Hall coming in? <laughs> yeah, tonight they kept it where it belonged. One of the few pay-per-views I can actually say was worth both the money and time. Please try to do it again. I'd say one match that was worth the time and money. Definitely not the whole pay-per-view. Um, Wade Keller, though, uh, as Savage raised his hand, Shivani said they were out of time and closed out the program. Very good match for a variety of reasons. It told a consistent, believable story from start to finish, but didn't rely on the story alone as there were numerous smart bumps and intense exchanges in and out of the ring that kept the crowd into it and gave the fight a realistic edge. Savage succeeded tremendously in coming across as a totally out-of-control asshole, especially in attacking the photographer for no reason. Page played Page played well to the crowd. The finish wasn't satisfying because of the controversy, but since it wasn't the blow-off match of the feud, that was to be expected. It lived up to its main event billing. It was better than a. It was a better match than the Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels seven day earlier. So, uh, and now that match would have been. Uh, was that the Mania match? No, I forget in nineteen ninety seven which match that would have been. I'm sorry, ninety seven what? It was the Stone Cold. It, that the line was it lived up to its main event billing. It was a better match than Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels seven days earlier. So what was seven? No, days? no. So they had a they had a match at it was either a King of the Ring or an In Your House in ninety okay. seven. I, I it might have been God, don't quote me on this, but it might have been like uh, In Your House, Cold Day in Hell, or it was yeah. But they was, they had it was King, it was King, King of the, of the Ring. ring. Okay, yep. there you go. And so, and this was their... Uh, and they might have been tag team champions at the same time, if I'm remembering correctly. The two of them. It was a it double DQ a was how yeah. that match ended. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, 
Interesting take on that. And then one other one, of course, uh, our favorite on the show here, Dave Meltzer. Um, It was a rather uneventful show as far as advancing the storyline and got a mixed response. I thought it was a good show, mixing up good, bad, and average matches, most of which came across better than they figured to be on paper, with largely strong booking that had a purpose and storylines within the matches. Uh, And exactly how many referees were knocked out versus this match, which is only made Four, right? Was it four? Three, yeah, and so uh, three and a photographer, so which was only made worse because as Savage was dropping referees, I was thinking I was looking way or it was looking way too similar uh, to the Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels match that took place seven days earlier. Yeah, the King of the Ring, nineteen ninety-seven. So this is one that you had Wade gave it four and a excuse me four and a quarter stars. Dave gave it three and three quarter stars. Jeez. So, I, again, man, I I don't see it or get into it. Yes, please. Yeah. So, my guess on this is because of the nature of what it was, kind of a street fight brawl. Maybe it was better in that era than it would be now because of all the stuff that we've seen. Like, I don't, I mean, man, that felt to me like a raw match, you know, not a pay-per-view match. I mean, I thought it was solid, mm-hmm. but keep in mind that main evented this show. Yeah. And it main evented a, pretty shitty show so it's Mm -hmm. not as if oh yeah you know what it it shouldn't have been at the end of the show but it was you know and it was they put everything into that match and i just didn't think it delivered so you know good build good long storyline both guys are good they worked hard but I, i i it just fell flat for me and again i I'm trying to, you know, say, hey, maybe in that era it was a little better. But, again, you're comparing it to Steve Austin and Bret Hart. So, it, it yeah. doesn't compare. So, I, Jeff, I'm going to give this one a five. And that's actually right where I'm sitting, too. Really? Because I think that it – well, I think it was – there was some good spots in it. And, like, if it's as a standalone, it was okay. But – Knowing what we know in regards to like the bit, and we and we take everything into account here. Like it really was a blow off match in regards to like what we were good getting, you know, down the road. And I don't like while it was, pro- I would say the feud outpaced the matches. I don't know if it was maybe the people in it or what it was, but it was good. It's great to see a long build, but it's also one where I just don't think. You know, it was. I wasn't super excited about the match. After, like, I enjoyed some of the spots, but overall, I, I can't give it more than that. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Well, final thoughts. Final thoughts are. Um, let me let me say the positive, which is you know I thought DDP was really good in the ring. Um, I thought Savage was pretty good in the ring. Savage still looked really good, man. The guy could still go in '97. I. I, I feel like, and again, you're you're talking about a guy that has, you know, I have on my Mount Rushmore, but I just didn't feel like he was used as well in WCW as he should have been. I didn't feel like he did a lot that was all that memorable. Um, I mean, 
the guy could still work and obviously still had the gift of gab could talk and everyone loves the macho man. I just got to think that, I don't know, man, maybe don't put him in the NWO, keep him a good guy, something, but it just wasn't clicking for me in this era. I just, it, you know what it looked like? It looked like the guy was collecting a paycheck. And I think a lot of people in WCW were, and it's, you know, who's going to tell you they did their best work in WCW after they left the WWF. Not right. many guys, right? Right, absolutely. So, I mean, even even Nash and Hall, right? I mean, they did these great things. They made a lot of money, but people still remember Razor and Diesel and their matches and feuds more. So, um, right. yeah, man, that's all I have for this, but uh, good one, and uh, go ahead and close us out. Not bad. I can understand why it was on, you know, some lists, but I can also understand why it was not at the top of some lists. So, um, but good stuff. Of course, DDP, um, I, I do recommend get, uh, I don't know if there's a trial version out there and this is just my plug. There's gotta be right a week, a week free trial or something, something. Yeah. It's definitely worth it just to do it. Um, you know, kind of starting slow, things like that. So it's good to see, but DDP on Twitter, very active, always kind of retweeting, uh, people doing yoga. Uh, he's at real D D. P. And so make sure to check him out there um, and get that for you. So, uh, and of course, uh, you know, make sure you're subscribing to the show. Give us those five stars, positive reviews, spread the word about the show. We love that. And so um, as things kind of, you know, hopefully soon we can get back to, uh, you know, keep, or keep sharing with us on Twitter, your thoughts and all that good stuff. We'll get some koozies out to some people, things like that, kind of sharing with everybody. So uh, Tommy, want to take us home? What you got? Yeah. Well, I'll just say that, I mean, I don't use DDP yoga, but man, I'll tell you that the guy who really swears by it is Chris Jericho. And that's a guy that's what almost 50 years old and still bumping and saying he feels great. So I think that's about as good of an endorsement as you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. And that, so, I, and anymore, like I trust Jericho is being like, you know, the just behind the scenes. I think there's a lot about him we don't know, but he's extremely supportive. Yeah. I just don't like that he plays a heel on TV and he's a baby face on his podcast. Yeah, that he is. Right. Just, it's <laughs> so. tough. It's tough to like be at the gym listening to him, like yakking it up with like the guy he's feuding with and being all nice. And then, you know, cutting a promo that you can tell is in character. And again, I, I look, you can call me a Mark, say whatever, but the reality is, is it's really tough to, you know, be sitting there watching somebody acting one way and then a day later acting a completely different way. And you're supposed to suspend belief. Yeah. It's just how it works. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, and that's one too, cause I was looking the other day too. Um, I did not realize two bottles of a little bit of the bubbly $46. So I feel like it's a little wow. pricey, a little pricey for some, uh, sparkling wine, but, uh, yes, you know, wrestling fans are crazy like that. So yeah. Right. But, so, all right. Well, send cool. us home, my friend. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, thank you for joining us on the payoff. Yeah.